for July 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. And the discounts start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new trades and comics. An example is on the Spider-Man No Turning Back trade paperback. And this one, Morbius, attempts to cure Kurt Connors from becoming the Lizard. And it also reprints Amazing 688, the 691, and Untold Tales of Spider-Man Number nine. Now the cover price is twenty bucks. Mail order has it for just twelve dollars and thirty-nine cents, which is thirty-eight percent off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, gang. We start this show with a couple more live callers, and then we wrap that up, and then you'll get a chance to hear our grades of the Amazing Spider-Man movie. So let's get on with this show. Who, who's on the line? <laughs> <laughs> Danimal Clan is apparently the name I've chosen. Danimal Clan, <laughs> welcome, sir. What's your handle on the board? Is it Danimal Clan? No, it's just it's uh, Dan Gavazdin. Got it, got it. Are you the voice of Spider-Man from the Amazing Fan? Uh, no, that's that's Dan Gilvizian. Oh, I'm very. <laughs> He's close enough. He can pretend. Go ahead. Hey, I like that episode uh, with Magneto. You guys did. What did you think about it? Hey, hey so much <laughs> your last name, Dan. It's uh, G V. O Z. This is <laughs> this is impossible. D E N. Yeah, I know it's a crazy one. Good God! And, and where are you calling from, Dan? I'm calling from uh, Maryland. Nice. Yeah, we the second one from Maryland, and you're our last caller. Oh my! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so God. what? So we don't have this at the end. Zach wants to know what your grade is of the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Thank you. <laughs> I'll give it like a four out of five, four and a half out of five. That would be a B, I would think. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. A B? Any funny experiences nothing, in the theater? Nothing particularly funny. Um, yeah. You know, I was at the movie, uh, the midnight screening, so uh, everybody was really in the mood for it and cheering on. Uh, the, the cheer when he first put his costume on was huge. Like, the whole theater just nice. erupted into applause. Very cool. Yeah. What's your question for the panelists? Well, um, I wanted to know, and I don't know if you've, ta- uh, you've talked about this yet, I wanted to know what your guys' speculation on the post-credits uh, thing is. Um, I happen to think it's Electro. I don't know what you guys thought. <laughs> Never heard That's that answer general before. vibe. That's what a lot of people are saying. That's what Stella said when she called in a little earlier. 
I um I'm pretty sure it was Stegmon. I think Greg said that too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what I saw up there was Stegmon. Well, it was Stegron in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, Stegron. Because it's because well, because it George is Sean. Stegron's saying, Have you told him what happened to his parents? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait I to see the giant uh uh skeleton battle ensuing in the city. I can see them doing that. Nice. Here let hey, me run down let me run down the panel. Don, who do you think is in the shadows? I don't know. I, I could be. I, I really don't know. Electro or Norman Osborn, probably Electro. George thinks Stegron. Did you guys notice the um, Electro like poster or whatever in Connor's lab? No. I'd like to amend mine to White Rabbit. <laughs> White Rabbit. Oh, I guess I looked up for stuff when I saw it again, but I didn't see any Easter eggs. Like I didn't see, like the newspaper wasn't written by Robbie Roberts or anything like that. Well, next time you see it, check out, and he's in his office. An electro. Above yeah. his desk, there's a giant poster on the wall with, like, a cabin in silhouette with a giant electricity bolt, like, blowing it up. I did not see that. Yeah. Here, let's keep going down the panel. Who do we think it is? Bertone, who do you think it is? It's uh, obviously Shashan. Didn't you not see those sandwich crumbs? <laughs> <laughs> That's Kevin, who? Who do you, you think want to tell him what happened to um, his parents? Honestly, I don't necessarily think that's an actual supervillain. It could just be part of a organization or Oscorp or guy. another guy like the Indian guy that was in this movie. Yeah. JR? Is it Norman? Not necessarily. It's whoever. I mean, I don't even know if it's been decided yet. It's probably just been thrown out there, and they've already turned the script for Spider-Man 2 over to another couple of guys. So, you know, basically it depends on, you know... I don't know if they've made up their mind who it is yet. George Berman yeah. and Brad Douglas. It's us. Zach, who do you think it is? Uh, is it Ben Riley? It's not Ben Riley, <laughs> but I would like for it to be oh, Electro. Uh, if it is Electro, that'd be kind of cool. I think Electro would make a very good-looking villain uh, on screen. Can I give you guys a follow-up question? Let me hear Chris. we got to get Chris. Oh, Chris, sorry, who do you think of the shadows? Oh, well, to be honest, you, I didn't sit through the credits because those little scenes are never worth it. <laughs> it was horrible for the credits. If you go again, this one was thankfully like the first Avengers credit scene where it's just after a couple of credits, you don't have to wait through the whole thing. Uh, Chris has got a point. That one at the end of Avengers totally sucked. Except <laughs> for being awesome. There was a point it was where it was awesome. To a gag. Well, the um, I totally lost my thought. What were you saying, Dan? I was going to ask um, if it is Electro, which I think a lot of us are assuming. Um, how do you feel like they're going to uh, handle the series now that we know it's going to be a trilogy? Do you think Norman Osborn appears in the next one and turns into the Goblin, and then the third movie they kill Gwen? Because they're I already have a kill Gwen. I already have ahead, point, uh, the next movie plot uh, worked out. You know, he's going to go for the, the Daily Bugle. He's going to meet Harry and Mary Jane. There's going to be a love triangle. He's going to fight a supervillain. And in the process, uh, Gwen dies, and you get, like, the love triangle twist where he goes, oh, he goes for, for Mary Jane. Oh, no, the shippers. That's how it's going to end up. I think number three is going to be the Goblin Bridge fight. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Yes. You think they'll end, like, two or three with the 122 scene of Mary Jane closing the door? <laughs> Or maybe like the clone saga scene where Mary Jane closing the door with Peter. No, because I actually don't think that anyone working on the films even knows what the hell that is. I, don't I think know. they're all George, just going I'm off gonna... of Ultimate Spider-Man crap, and that's all they really care about. George, I'm going to have to say the movie before you make those insults, because I don't think you're right. I'm going to do it anyway. I, uh, George, I would disagree with you, but whatever. Um, that... <sighs> 
I don't know what the hell I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> George has distracted you so badly. I know, I this George happen. man to my right. Uh, <laughs> He's not used to sitting around somebody. This is all I said it was like. Oh, really? I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm now the horse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, wait, I just saw the movie, and yes, I, I I, here's my thoughts. I think that they'll do, uh, uh, dwell a little bit more on the the father, and they could possibly do the the black suit for the next one. They can no, they're Venom. not gonna do the black suit in the next one. They're not gonna do the black suit. They're Hell. not gonna do. So they're, they're gonna stay as far away from Raimi stuff as they possibly could. You know why I think they're doing the black suit is because they have a Venom spinoff movie they're trying to get off the ground. Uh, and it's yeah, supposed it, to tie. It's supposed to tie into the other films. Yeah. One second, they were trying to get a Catwoman movie off the ground after Batman Returns. That took like twelve years. So, Wait a and it well, never well, came out. As far as I'm concerned, it never came out. Where was and, it? And to be fair, a Venom movie from the other films that that we've been told now. It's, 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 they have been. So they're trying to continue that line. No, no, they're not trying to continue it after three. They're trying to do it in this new universe. Right here and Brad outside the well, window. Well, then, then Venom has to have a new origin. Right, right. that's why Venom's origin. We have to waste time telling somebody else's origin a second in time. <laughs> that's why I think number two will have Venom in it. Or they can just simplify his origin, like in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon where the symbiote was made in like four seconds. Oh, no, 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 no. Do something that hadn't been done before. I mean, at least they've used a lizard this time out. But they're, they're... Why is Norman Osborn walking around? Oh, but don't call it a reboot. I'd like to kick somebody in the Tic Tacs. Well, they've established Oscorp as a, a thing. It could just be some bottle they discovered in Oscorp. Right. And they're saving the shocker for the porn sequel. Uh, okay, okay. But to be fair to, to George, he's referencing A.V.A. Rad making this, that statement that it's, it's, not a, it's not a reboot. Yeah, that's okay, A.V.A. Rad. Yeah, but that's also that's, – that's an interview from a couple of years ago rather than the actual movie, which clearly was a reboot. Oh, actually, yeah. I have an I have an explanation for that. And when we do our reviews after live and callers, I have a way to tie this into continuity. A bullshit way. Okay. Of course, you, of course it, it, you do, Jr. It is absolutely half-assed, and um, you have to do a lot of twists and turns. But uh, <laughs> I've been I've I've been working on it all week. Jr., have you been mentoring Bertoni over here? Is is that what's been going on? Making oh, I've been min- I've been mentoring him for years. Years. I mean, ever since he was uh, rock around the clock, I think. So, <laughs> just call me Alpha. <laughs> oh dear, no, I won't. I refuse. Uh, Dan, I last, last last call. What this? You get the last question. What do you? What, we're going to wrap it up with this question. What do you got? I think that's about it for me, guys. Right, it was man. just a pleasure talking to you. You gave me a random call, and now I'm on the show. So I had to come up with something. Sweet. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> Care, Thanks for calling in, buddy. It was a pleasure okay. talking to you guys. I love listening to the show, and uh, yeah, keep it going. I can't wait to hear more. Thanks, right, man. Bye. Bye. Here you go. Here you go, Kevin. Here you go. To be continued. <laughs> and Kevin, that is the last of the callers. Hey, okay, it's only been three hours. Uh, let's see. What? 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 Do you you want to hit the movies up, or you want to hit the sidekick up in the face? Um, what's what's the movies? <laughs> Let's do the movies. Okay, we've been talking about the movie for two, three hours. Let's uh, we're going to talk about Give our thoughts. The, the, our thoughts on it. We're going to do some pros, cons, kind of like a review, favorite scenes, 
any funny movie theater experiences and, and when you saw it, etc. So let's start with JR. I think a midnight show oh, yeah. you took your son with, right? Yes, I did. Yep. Took my ten, about took my ten year old son to a midnight show and hope and fortunately child services was not there. Uh, <laughs> to tell me that I was keeping him out too late. So waiting for this. Um but uh I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. We, uh, in, in fact, at the last scene when uh, Spider-Man, you know, shoots his web in everybody's face or whatever, and the crowd cheers, and he and I turned around, and even through our big dopey 3D glasses, you know, it was one of those, you know, we were each kind of saying, well, I really liked it, but I'm not going to say anything until you say something to confirm whether or not I was really right about liking it. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. That's kind of like what we're all doing now. Yeah. I thought um, <laughs> I thought the cast was excellent. I thought it was it was extremely well cast. Um, I actually did like the effects. I went to the three D the three D um, the three D showing, and even though it was still uh, it was still not what it should have been, uh, but at least you know it actually did kind of make fairly good use of the technology. I especially liked the uh, the spider web when he when he did the spider web that he was going to lay on in the sewer. Um, I, I just kind of, I really liked that that kind of depth that too. it had, uh, and um, overall the story worked. Um, so those those are my pros. Um, are, are you are you wanting to like do everybody's yeah. pros and then everybody's cons or how are you doing? No, no. This? Let's let's do each panelist okay. one at a time. So let's go through all your stuff. Okay. Jer. The cons, uh, even though I did like the casting, uh, Garfield and Stone are not seventeen-year-olds, and it was distractingly so obvious really? that they were not seventeen. Um, the most notable thing that I noticed uh, about Emma Stone, for example, not being seventeen, is the dinner sequence. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, I have a 17-year-old daughter right now. and yeah. I So that gives me a pretty good idea how 17-year-old girls will act. Well, if the dinner scene had gone off with me arguing with her boyfriend, after the boyfriend had left, she would have got up, yelled, called me an asshole. Uh, <laughs> her, her, her little brother would have said something stupid, and she would have said, shut up, dork, you know. <laughs> She would have stormed do all out that right to work. Right she would. <laughs> What's that? You can do all of that right here, right now for you. Yeah. Well, she would have. She would have. Then she would have found her boyfriend, and she would have apologized profusely for her dad being an asshole. When her mom, when her mom came out to get her, she would have said, "All right, mom, I hear you." <laughs> uh, and then, and then, when her boyfriend jumped over the ledge, she would have started seriously freaking out. Um, that's how a teenage girl would react. Um, and as far as Andrew Garfield, I mean, I'm not a movie person. I'm going to have to defer any, any comments about the technology, the techniques of movie making to Mr. Cushing, but it was obvious to me, they were shooting around the fact that Andrew Garfield is six feet tall. I mean, it seemed to me that there were a number of like perspective shots where you were looking like over another character's shoulder at Garfield or that he would kind of hunch at times you know, and the scene where he and Gwen are in the the hallway together and they're the same size is even creepier than the lizard lizard CGI because <laughs> Garfield is a full half a foot taller than her. So that to me that was a big con. Um even though I did like the two. Um 
another con is the fact that they went back to the you know they they talked about how different they were going to make this in the other films, and yet we still had a scene of New Yorkers banding together to help <laughs> Spider Man. Oh my God! I just like this was this was one of those where you know face palms. And and then uh, and then yeah. <laughs> they had done a pretty good job of not making rise rise iphones, you know. Who who I was I, I was kind of surprised, you know. I thought you know after his behavior during Comic Con, he was going to be slurring all his lines, and he was going to be drunk, and he was going to have an anti-American tirade during the film, but he didn't. Um, but uh, and it was C. Thomas Howell yeah. from Soul Man, yeah. who whose son was rescued. You're welcome, yeah. Brad. I have a living Wikipedia to my right. <laughs> And, and they had a scene of him down in the sewer, like talking to himself, like Norman Osborn did in the first movie, and then ranting and raving about, you know, making better men or whatever. It was like they they avoided it. They avoided going for the supervillain moment, and then they did a real cliched supervillain moment. That's right. We're making better men down here, boy. Exactly. Oh, and one more, I have to admit, I don't know if it's a con or not, but whenever the lizard would say, Peter Parker, it was like, oh, shit, that's Voldemort going, Harry Potter. And every time he said Peter Parker, I also instantly thought Harry Potter. But <laughs> but overall, it was, a, it was a good movie. My favorite scene was the uh, death scene with Captain Stacy, because mm. I honestly thought they were going to go for Amazing Spider-Man 90, and then they turned it on its ear. By the way, listeners, spoilers. Yeah. Well, we are doing spoilers, right? Um, yeah. No, no it's, it's fine. That's that's funny. I just want to be that guy. I want to be the spoiler guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, so they they did that and turned it on its ear. I really I really did like I liked be I liked being led to somewhere where I thought they were, I knew where they were going and then them to surprise me. Um, as far as I didn't have any great scenes in the or, or things in the theater because it was a, the 3D showing was relatively spartanly populated, so there was nobody dressed up, you know, nobody acting stupid, no uh, no uh, tape uh, duct tape rhino horns. Um, but what we had actually was they had a contest, you know, like you 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 went in, you uh, filled out a slip and you needed a drawing for one of these. Um, um, who, who who's who's select Marvel select Spider Man figures. Yeah, and so Spencer and I each entered in, and and you know, and we didn't win. They had a list of whoever was posted, and so we went and looked at the table, you know, and, and saw the names, and and I said, "Well, buddy, maybe better luck next time." Patted him on the head, and, and we walked out. We got out to the parking lot, and I heard somebody hollering at us, and I, he was saying, "Hey, hey!" And I was like, "Oh fuck, who the hell is yelling at me?" And <laughs> who the hell is yelling at me in an empty movie theater parking lot at quarter at and three a.m. Avengers <laughs> been drinking again. Yeah, <laughs> and and it was this guy running toward us. He was probably uh, in his early twenties, whatever, and he had one of these figures. And he said, "You know what? I'm not going to need this thing or do anything with it. Here, you guys can have it." Oh, so you got the figure? And so, so after I thanked him and, and you know and watched him go away, I shoved Spencer down on the ground and said, "It's mine, boy." <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So we got so we got one. So that's my that's my story. Oh, that's Side that's them. awesome. So that's question it. for you, Jr. Yeah. What what do you think of Oscorp and in in the film et, et cetera? Uh, you know, I I knew they weren't going to show us who Norman was because I want I think they want to hold off on the casting of that role until yeah, exactly. they give him something to do, and, and that's why on the on the the thing with whoever the the mystery man is, I don't care because all it is is a tease. Um, they can make it Norman, they can make it Electro, they can make it, 
you know, a nobody, you know, it's like, you know, you could, the next movie, it could be, you know, Norman, you could, you could see Norman and he could be saying, oh, yeah, I sent so-and-so to see you, at the, you know, uh, at the very end in, in jail. And what if it's, it, what it's, if it's, it's Joey Z? <laughs> Joey Z? There we go. That would be great. Except we don't want to know who Joey Z is. You know, yeah. it was facade. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, the thing is, the sequel is they've now turned it over to those two guys who who wrote the Star Trek movie. Uh, yeah. You know, so there's they no have? telling. Yeah, yeah. Bob Orky and um, his uh, writing partner. It's not Damon Lindelof. It's uh, Alex. No, it's uh, Alex Kurtzman. Yeah. Um, which, awesome. Well, I don't know how awesome it is because as much as I like the Star Trek reboot, it had a lot of problems and a lot of lapses in logic, and um, I'm afraid that's what. And, and considering their lack of success with Cowboys and Aliens, you know, uh, I'm, I'm pretty iffy on it. But I mean, overall, I, I liked the movie. Spencer sure. liked it, and frankly, I have to have to give it an A. <clears throat> also, what do you think of Gwen Stacy having that many siblings? True. <laughs> I mean. We we know so little about Gwen's. I mean, it, it's we know so and, little about and, Gwen's life anyway, really. Yeah. And she and she knows the identity. That's a little bit of a change too. Well, it's a change, but you know, it's it's like if I were if I were a teenage boy in love with a girl and I had superpowers, shit, I'd tell her. Of course, I would. You know, yeah. it, it it's you know, absolutely, it's uh, I, I would. You know, um, yeah. so I, that didn't bother me at all. Kevin, what what's uh, your take on it, sir? Uh, I was shocked and amazed. Uh, like I said earlier, when we, I'm not sure if the callers are going to be before or after this segment when the audience hears it, but um, I had said to a caller that they basically advertised a crappy movie. Uh, <laughs> True. And it turned out it wasn't. So it was probably one of the all-time bad ad campaigns, but I think it may actually be the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Which is a Whoa. huge shock to me. I, <laughs> I'm i going to just stop complaining about the casting of people as comic book characters, because apparently I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, uh, I complained about Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker, and, you know, my foot's still somewhere in the back of my throat. And I complained about Andrew Garfield <laughs> being cast as Spider-Man, and seeing this movie... I bought into Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker and, and then Spider-Man in a way that I never bought into Tobey Maguire. Yeah. I thought he was just so much more believable in that role, and he really owned it a lot better. It it seemed like he even wanted to be there more. Um, mm-hmm. And overall, the story really took me in, pulled me along. I'm not a big fan of the Lizard, but for this movie, I think it worked. It's it's kind of a place where they didn't directly translate the comics, uh, the comic stories, but as a comic fan, I have to take a step back and allow them to tell their own story. And once I let myself do that, it was a really entertaining story, and I thought it was really, really effective. And it was just a great Spider-Man movie. Brad went to go get cookies. He's he's, he's about to be back. He's sitting down now, and I'm about to put a cookie in my mouth, and it's warm and moist. (laughs) Oh, well, that's fantastic. Um, (laughs) Mm, Cookies. Cookies. Sorry. (laughs) Y'all fill in for two seconds. Somebody's knocking on my door. It's the cookie man. Hey, Brian, I got a question. Yeah. yeah. Hey, George. All right. So, when the first Raimi movie came out, 
I remember having a lot of problems with the way that the Green Goblin looked. I still have a lot of problems with the way the Green Goblin looked. I think most people still have a way with the Green Goblin, you know, problem with the way the Green Goblin looked. Mm. And I wound up seeing the first Spider-Man maybe four times on opening day. Mm. Now, whoever it was is gone. Okay, so so that being said, I remember when it came out, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, this is the best thing ever." This this movie is colossal. It's huge. I mean, people were just going, you know, ape shit over this movie. What movie are we talking about? The original, the first Spider-Man, the Raimi, the first Raimi Spider-Man. Aha. Uh-huh. Now I'm going back and looking at message boards, and people are talking about they're nothing but trash talking the 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 first the first trilogy. Now, sure, I get that people hated three, but number two is still number two. I mean, number two, and number two kicked a lot of ass. My favorite. Um. So. It makes me it makes me look at this and then wonder, you know, in ten years from now when they reboot again and we have to sit through the origin a third time, will people be tearing this apart the same way? Probably, but that's just kind of the nature of these things. It kind that's of the internet, though. Things. Yeah, the internet has, has doesn't have a lot of hindsight. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to be surprised. I have to, admit, George. I've been surprised. In fact, it was even before this movie came out, people were trash talking the Raimi films, and it's like. What's wrong with you people? I mean, I know. Were, were you either were you the same people who liked it, and then you know you um, you know then and then obviously then you drank something or whatever and turned into Mister Hyde or something and, and started saying these stupid After things or you know. But but I I've been surprised. I mean, it was like it was like after the third film, people just didn't say, well, the third film wasn't very good and under and underperformed to to trash talk to to trashing. The entire trilogy that ranges yeah, on. Exactly. I, I I'm not, sorry, there's, there's nothing to trash about that second movie. And I'm I'm well well I wouldn't say things. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah but but the, but yeah people have been talking about how the Raimi film sucked and and he didn't get the character right and all the things he did wrong and it's like, fo- I mean it's like are you crazy people? So I don't know what it is, but I agree with you, George. I don't know what. Well, the the thing is, people like what's new and greatest. However, the exception is Ultimate Spider-Man. The um. Cartoon which blows. The cartoon, yeah. And if this movie sucked, the uh, I think people would let you know. I mean, but um. Yeah, they I don't certainly didn't like Spider-Man Three. Cook, I'm described by Cookie. Yes. Yeah. No. In my ranking of the Spider-Man films, number two is still my favorite, more than this one. But this one is a, a really close second. Uh, I thought they did a lot right with this movie. I liked the wisecracking Spider-Man. I thought Andrew Garfield, with exception when he was on the skateboard, worked. Um, I, I thought Emma Stone was out of the park. I thought she was a great Gwen, and too bad she's got to die. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious how they're going to pull off. Oh, she's 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 dead. She's dead in either two or three. However, I I would not be surprised if they don't even introduce Mary Jane. Yeah, I don't think they're going to kill one up because when in like an ongoing comic book franchise and you have hundreds of issues you can introduce more than one love interest along the way but in a movie trilogy when you've already had us fall in love with this one character and she has a tragic death say it's in number two you can introduce a new girl in number three and we're supposed to be okay with that that's not really how movies work James Bond is not Spider-Man there is no comparison and it's not relevant is there any cons I don't think I've heard any cons out of you Kev um you know, I can't really think of any. I'm not going to go say, "Oh, this is a perfect film. This is this is Citizen Kane in Spider-Man form." But I just I was entertained the whole way through. I was enjoying the ride. There was nothing that stuck out to me as, "What the hell are you doing that for?" 
Um, no betrayals. I don't really have anything to complain about. I call it an A-plus movie in the best Spider-Man film I've seen, which surprises me as much as it surprises anybody that hears that. I Trust me. Um, Flash forward to ten years and Kevin Cushing is saying, looking back at this film, saying, oh, this sucks, the new one's so much better. You know, it's possible. I mean, to be honest, I I was thrilled by the first two Raimi movies when they came out, even the third one. Um, you know, it was the first time I'd seen Spider-Man on a big screen. They captured a spectacle. Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin was cool. I was enjoying James Franco as Harry. And I, I was just really into them when they first came out. But, you know, in more recent years, when I've gone back to look at them, I do see how campy they are. And it's... It's not as good to me. And now after seeing this movie, it's sort of like I never really watched the old Michael Keaton Batman films. Now that I've seen the Christopher Nolan Batman films, I probably won't watch the Tobey Maguire films anymore either. But, yeah, I it's, my mind can change in another ten years, too. That's possible. I could see another great Spider-Man movie, go back to this one and say, well, that wasn't as good. But for now, I really with, enjoyed this with, movie. What's wrong with Spider-Man 2? Anything... What's, what don't you like about two? Uh, they're still just kind of... Honestly, Tobey Maguire has never been my favorite actor. I, I'm i looking even like the Great Gatsby trailer and thinking, that looks like an awesome movie. I wish Tobey Maguire wasn't in it. <laughs> um, that was a <laughs> I'm not saying he's terrible. But well, the character that Tobey plays in that movie doesn't have all that... All, all he's there is to move the story along. He doesn't actually have any depth, really, himself. That so character is just Spider-Man like the narrator. His character is Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Okay. Um, cause all, you know, I mean, we all know his Spider-Man cries a lot. Um, <laughs> it was a little uncomfortable. And then you have just, you have things like, I'm talking about the camp of Sam Raimi, where you have, mm-hmm. uh, the scene where they're trying, in the hospital, where they're trying to cut off, uh, the thing off the back of Dr. Octopus, and all of a sudden you have the shadow horror movie where his arms are going around and you see the camera going into this guy screaming as a buzzsaw comes at him and I watched that the first what? time going I feel like I'm watching the evil dead I love that scene uh, <laughs> yeah I'm not saying it's a bad movie I would never say that Spider-Man 2 was a quality film uh, and, I, and I very much enjoyed it I just I like this one better I think this is the Spider-Man I wanted more I feel like Sam Raimi was trying really really hard to make a 1960s Spider-Man movie. Oh, you stole what I was say. Yeah. <laughs> Someone <laughs> just pinched Don. I mean, what happened? Uh, I had to hold very hard. Kevin's like reading my script. <laughs> now, wow. Sam, what I'm saying is Sam Raimi was trying very hard to make a 1960s Spider-Man movie that just happened to uh, be Push filmed up. and take place in the modern world, whereas this Spider-Man movie, much like the Ultimate Spider-Man comic book, which I thought was done quite right, was made as Spider-Man in modern times, and I thought it worked out really well. And I I thought early on, if I'm going to give Brian Bendis carte blanche to kind of remix things and figure out what Spider-Man is as a high schooler in the modern world when he's writing the Ultimate Spider-Man comic, then why shouldn't I give these movie makers the same right? And once I think that way, I thought they really, really pulled it off well. Cool. All right. Any other comments, Kevin? That was good. Uh, I think I just talked for like half an hour, so go ahead. No, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's do Bertoni now. Well, pros and cons and grade and any funny experiences in the theater. Well, uh, first <laughs> off, I, ha- I had this thing prepared because um, even after Aviator had said the thing, even as close to a year ago, like somebody, someone somewhere on Formspring, I don't think it was Brevoort, but somebody was saying that, like, no, this is still the same continuity. This is all that happened in between the scenes. And then the poster said the untold story. So That was Arid. Arid said it in that same, uh, that same quote where he said this isn't a reboot. Okay. So here is how – first of all, I, th- this is just for fun. I don't actually believe that this is in the same continuity. This no. is just like okay. – um, there's a Star Wars site called Wikipedia where they try and tie everything in the continuity with hilarious results <laughs> because, like, it's it's not possible to do. So here's how it works. Now, for this to work, little changes like, you know, Sally Field and Rosemary Harris. I mean, you you have to take changes like actor changes and – the fact that houses look different, those are cosmetic changes, so you have to ignore those. All right, so Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy, Harry Osborne, and Mary Jane Watson, they all go to the same high school. We just don't see them all together at the same time. He has a crush on both girls because that's what high school boys do. Osborne is dying as established in this new movie, which is why he's trying to make the Goblin formula in the Raimi films. Peter and his class go on the Oscorp trip, where Peter gets bit by the spider, as we see in the Tobey Maguire films. Curious about his developing powers and the disappearance of his parents, he goes back, steals the internship, Dan Slott style, and gets bitten again, um, as seen in the new film. (laughs) Now, when he was doing that whole thing, like the Go Web Go, Fly, Shazam in the Raimi films, and he, like, slammed against the wall... That made him afraid to use his organic, you know, web shooters because it's it was too unpredictable. He he was still learning how to activate him, so he built he he built his own web shooters. So that's why he's using those in the movie until he can get better. Uncle Ben is then shot by the tattooed guy, as we see in the new movie. At first, Peter and everyone else assumes that he's dead until ambulance arrives at the scene, and oh no, he's fine. He's just like in a coma, and he might he may or may not make it. Hence the reactions that everyone has. He's healed through some medical stuff like pacemakers and stitches. I don't know. Whatever. Insert your own thing. In that time, Peter fights the thugs and like tries to find the tattoo guy that's got Uncle Ben and falls into the wrestling ring, which is where he gets the idea to do the homemade costume and the bone saw thing from the Raimi film. Then the Sandman shoots Uncle Ben weeks later, which undoes like the stitches or the pacemaker or whatever which kills him, therefore making both the tattooed man and the Sandman responsible for his death. At this point, the rest of the new movie takes place, and it all takes place before the graduation scene in the first Raimi film. Peter's costume is different because it's still being developed into the final post-graduation version. He isn't comfortable with his organics yet, so he doesn't use them. Kurt Connors is eventually paroled because of a lawyer. He uses, oh, well, he was under the influence of, like, lizard DNA, so... It does, you know, he it doesn't count, and he takes a lot of meds, and it makes him forget that Peter is Spider-Man, which is why he doesn't know in the other Raimi films. Gwen Stacy and Peter have a falling out before college for reasons that we don't know yet. Now, in Spider-Man 3, we see that she's a model. So as a model, I imagine that she's taken a lot of mind-altering drugs like cocaine or whatever, and LSD. Like we all do out in L.A. Yeah, so she's, for, so she's forgotten that Peter's Spider-Man, among many other things. Mary Jane doesn't know who Gwen Stacy is in the third film because, well, we rarely remember every single person from our high school, even though she ran in the same crowd. Her father's older brother, who is the man that we saw in Spider-Man 3, 
who was also a captain, just like in the comics, came to the USA to take care of the family after Dennis Leary's death. So that just about covers it. I think that makes a very sound and relatable theory. That's a lot of threads, my goodness. It, it's, it's, abso- it's absolute BS, but... Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so well, it's what's the great Josh, what do you think? Uh, oh, yeah, Tom Brevoort will say, actually, that's exactly what it was. I did something <laughs> similar during House of M and Wait. Tom... Wait, C is what he often puts. What, what's your grade, though, Josh? What do you think? Uh, maybe a B plus or an A minus. I enjoyed it. To me, it um, it felt like Spider-Man characters, but they weren't in the Spider-Man world. If that makes any sense, there was there was some things missing that like, um, I've said this before. J. Jonah Jameson, it, you can go through a whole year or two with comics without a Jonah appearance. That's fine. But when you're building a new universe. You know, that's one of the things that you need to establish. So without stuff like Jonah Jameson and other things, it's um, it didn't feel like Spider-Man. Um, one problem that I had, and um, this was kind of a problem in the Raimi films too, was that in the original Amazing Fantasy 15, you know, like Peter let the burglar go because Peter was full of himself. He's a star now. He doesn't need to bother with such things as tripping a burglar. In the Raimi films, it's because the guy... You know, the guy ticked him off. The guy screwed him over. So, yeah, he's going to let the guy get robbed. And then in this movie, again, it's it's another case of, you know, a guy was a jerk, so Peter doesn't do anything to stop him getting screwed over, which I think kind of undermines the original lesson a little bit. Let me do it this other way. Yeah, what? you could do it that oh. other way. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I think we're taking pictures. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, dear. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You better be. <laughs> I think I think it undermines the original let that like it's we ha- it's like they're trying to justify Peter letting the burglar get away, which it's not supposed to be justified. It's supposed to be a mistake. And like you know, if the guy isn't mean to, it's they had to make the guy. <laughs> oh, sorry. He's so distracted right now. Well, don't let me get in the way. <laughs> well, now they're tickled. So, um. Ah! <laughs> lower! Lower! <laughs> Sorry. Lower? Are you saying lower? <laughs> higher! Higher! Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is always a Go bad ahead. idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, uh. Burglar. I mean, it's just random, a sort of. It, it felt. And it felt like halfway through the movie. The whole direction kind of changed from, you know, Peter having revenge and his revenge quest to find the tattooed guy, which, like, it was – he was very, very full force with that, full speed ahead. And then it's forgotten. It's touched upon, like, at two other points in the movie, which is fine. Like, it it didn't necessarily have to be resolved, but it was really weird that, like, once the lizard appeared, it was like it was two different movies – and the the feeling and the pacing and it's kind of like a two parter. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, so that kind of hurt the movie for me. The fact that it was a two parter. I think that a lot of the criticism that I've seen is that from like non comic book fans is that this is too soon. We just did this stuff, and I think that the film producers felt this way, so that there was a big like conscious effort not to repeat stuff from the Raimi film, which is why they like didn't do uh, the wrestling and stuff like that. But in trying not to repeat some of the stuff from the Raimi film, like leaving out Jonah and other things, I think that it hurt the film a little bit. Um, not a lot, but there was 
there was some notable absences, and I know why they were absent, because, again, they're trying not to retread the Raimi ground. At the same time, we got the New Yorkers again, and almost the same ending as the first film. Like, I vow not to be with this girl because of uh, because of my curse, or, or because of, you know, her dying father guilted me into it. Um, I, I did like the movie. Generally, these are just some nitpicks that I had about it. It was, it was, a, it was a fun movie. Uh, wasn't wasn't the best ever, and I found myself getting more excited for it. I haven't really been excited about it these past few months, but like once it was in the final week, I actually found myself looking forward to it. Um, theater stories, not really that much. When Spider-Man pulled off his mask to like save the little boy in the car, which, which was actually done a lot better than I thought it would be, someone in the theater immediately screamed, what? When he took off his mask, that person was me. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, we're doing this. He just like went right to pulling off the mask, and I was like, oh, no, not this again. But it, the, the rest of the scene played out and proved me wrong, which made me happy. And at the end when they were doing the countdown to that like lizard DNA bomb or whatever, um, the, one of the kids who I took with me, he was nine years old, he uh, – he didn't quite understand, like, the mechanics of the bombs or that they stopped it. So when it went off, like, and the battle was over and Captain Stacy died, he, he said, well, I guess everyone in the city's a lizard now. <laughs> and then um, I mentioned this on the call-in part. On the way home, I compared, like, Captain Stacy in the original comics. I'm like, yeah, his dying thing was be with Gwen always and protect her. And then what happened? Well, she died, but... Uh... We'll do that next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's see who wants to go next. I do. Uh, all right, Don, hit it. Because uh, Tevin stole half my answer, so I want to get the rest <laughs> up before Chris and Zach do. Um, yeah, I gotta say because I saw this twice. Uh, I saw it on midnight showing um, against all reason because I work in the morning, and I saw it last night with a friend. And um, I gotta say, like, I really, really like this movie. Um, I think a lot of what I see from the message boards and, you know, general online, uh, fur is that like, the, there's a lot of comparisons to the Sam Raimi films for, you know, for, you know, understandable reasons. And I think that very much like Ultimate Comics, this does, to me, watching this movie was a lot like, okay, if there was no, not only no Spider-Man trilogy, but no sort of like Marvel renaissance of superhero movies, because superhero movies have been a lot more closer to the comics. If you just took like a Spider-Man movie idea and put it on the screen, this is probably what it would probably be like. I think honestly, this is better because it is more believable. This is a, this is totally a Spider-Man you can kind of believe in. Like, you know, he's still. It's not you know you don't have the wrestling scene, you don't have the bugle, but you're still. I think the spirit of the character was very, very, very much there. Um, Andrew Garfield, uh, I, it was he was so perfect as Peter Parker. I didn't even notice till the second time. He just. I mean, I knew he was Andrew Garfield because I had seen the social network, but he was just Spider-Man. He got the, the Peter Parker. He had the nevish, you know, nerd down. He got the Spider-Man. He had the Spider-Man personality completely down with the confidence and the costume and all that stuff. And, like, you know, his, his mistakes. He's not a loser. He's a normal guy who goes through consequences by having a double life. And he just he just acted his butt off and did really, really well. I, I, I really enjoyed that performance. Um, Emma Stone has replaced Rosario Dawson as my new celebrity crush. Because she was so gorgeous in this movie. <laughs> God. Oh, man. And, like, you know, she's a great actress as well. Um, she really, cause, like, she made me care about Gwen Stacy, and I don't care about Gwen Stacy. I don't think anybody who's honestly read a Gwen Stacy comic cares about her unless you read um, Since Fast and Laughed at It, like I did. But about, um, I mean, she to me, she felt like an honest. I really disagree with JR. Uh, sorry, pal. 
that, like, I thought they really did come off as teenagers. I don't think they looked like they were their age. I mean, Emily Stone's my age, but, like, to me, at least they acted like they were understandably teenage without acting pretentious or, you know, talking down to people of a certain age. So I thought I bought their chemistry immediately as opposed to the Kirsten Dunn's Civil War chemistry. Um, I thought the action scenes were above peer. Spider-Man was acting like Spider-Man. He was using all of his abilities at once. He wasn't just standing there and punching Dr. Octopus like he did in Spider-Man 2. And I, don't, I really don't want to, like, I don't want to make this movie sound good by tearing down the other movies because I have a tendency to do that. And that's not honest because I still really like the Raimi movies. But I think Kevin kind of hit a pulse of thought that those movies, as good as they were, and they are legitimately great comic book movies, they really are kind of set in this, like, idealistic 60s-ish kind of narrative. Like, like for instance, New York is completely different. When Peter Parker is walking down the street in New York, it almost looks like the 50s. Where it's like in this in this um, in this Made Spider-Man movie, it looks like modern day New York. You know, it's grimy, it's, it's it's bright at night. You know, but it's it's an honest city, and it's like everything about this movie I felt was really really just just it was true to what what the story what the idea of Spider-Man is. You know, a guy gets spider powers through by means of science. He's a smart guy. You know, he's withdrawn because of his upbringing. He's not he he's not in a certain way. Like I think that like they got the nerd part down to where he's not so much an outcast he's just he has a lot of things to offer but he's just withdrawn because he's not been given a great way to uh to um um effectively present that to people so there's a lot of things going on in this movie i don't want to go on too long um the cons i have only one real big con and i'm wondering how much this makes or breaks the movie that there was a big thing with the, the uncle ben killing in that yeah it was peter's fault but i don't think peter ever realized that it was his fault that Uncle Ben died. I don't think he ever had a single definable moment of regret and guilt that 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 set him on the quest of being Spider-Man. Spider-Man kind of became a revenge thing, and then kind of like gradually coalesced into like, well, I need to use my powers responsibly and to protect people. And he got there. He got where he needed to be. But I don't think there was that there was that uh, particular moment where he needed to have a re- a sense of what I have to do, otherwise, you know, my another uncle will die or whatever. And I'm really, really wondering if that was a major, major flaw of the movie because it worked out well enough. But so for you, so for you, Don, the 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 retelling of the origin backfired, or did more harm than good? No, I'm not saying it backfired because that's too strong of a of a word. I'm saying they legitimately didn't have that moment. Like in Spider-Man One, to me, one of the best scenes in any superhero film is when he says, "What about my uncle? Did you give him a chance?" And then you. The music stops and you see it's the same guy. That is an excellent moment, and they didn't need to copy that, but that moment defines who he is. And they didn't have that here. When he's talking to Gwen, uh, when she's cleaning up his wounds, and he says, I need to stop the lizard. She says, you don't have to. No, it's my responsibility. And he's on the bleacher saying, those people could have died. I, you, know he, you know what he needs to do as Spider-Man, but you don't have that, that moment that has to get him there. So I'm really scratching my head to say, was this a big mistake? But I still really enjoyed the movie. I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, have you ever, I mean, Jr. Do you, do you, ever, you know, I, I, I think that's my con of the thing. Also, is the I don't think responsibility was hammered as much into his brain as the first movie. Well, I mean, they had that scene right out of the Ultimate Comics or Ultimate Spider-Man where Uncle Ben uh, talks to him and says, you know, your father had a philosophy. If you have something yeah. to, you know, use it, use it. It's responsible. I mean, they didn't say those those four words, but you got, that was essentially the same thing. 
and that scene was right yeah. out of the comics too, the Ultimate Comics. But like, so it was there. It was a little more subtle. But yeah, the, I, I have to concur. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Don. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go right ahead. Um, now, I was say I I had that down as one of my one of my cons, but I felt that I talked too long uh, as it was. But uh, um, th- yeah, that Ben's death. Although you can say, well, yeah, he he set the circuit, he set events in motion that caused it. He doesn't have that guilt. I mean, the the whole guilt about it is not there, um, and its part in Spider-Man's origin is not there. So unless they decide to kind of play with it in the beginning of the second film and bring that back, that that is kind of a miss in this film, definitely, yeah. is, is, is that, that lack of guilt over Ben's death. I think it was trying to avoid the first movie is what, they, what the problem was. And why would of... they make him feel guilt? The movie went out of their way to, like, you know, justify the fact that he let this guy go. I mean, Which, I, th- I think that, um, that a lot of people me. are going to go and say, like, like, this movie sucks, and this is why. I don't think that's true because it captures so – and honestly, it, it writes and, and uh, Garfield portrays Peter Parker 100% better than the original movies did. Those movies were, were solid Spider-Man stories, but there was always something off where it didn't feel like – you didn't have that Robert Downey Jr.-esque nature of this man embodies this character where this one does. I mean, even Uncle Ben and Aunt May were – Excellent in this movie. I mean, Aunt May was great in the other movies, too. I don't want to say that she wasn't. But, again, it goes back to the whole I can believe in these people. When when he comes home and he's beat up, you know, it's not like the, the like the comics where he's like, you know, oh, I was playing volleyball. Oh, you shouldn't play volleyball. You're so weak. and You know, you, you get sick all the time. No, he's like, Aunt May, go to sleep. I can't go to sleep. I'm worried about you. My husband's dead. It's real fucking life. And, like, I can believe in that more than I can believe in, you know, something that kind of goes for a, a less – honest portrayal of this type of situation and this is it was like reading a jms comic to me so i give it an a plus this might be my favorite one i really like two it's hard it's a toss-up between two and, and this one for me all right zach and chris who, who wants to go first i like chris to go first i'll go last all right chris hit it all right well i think i'll start with disagreeing with um stella and maybe anyone else who's <laughs> Good lord! Yeah, no, like <laughs> anybody else who's saying that this movie isn't really is more of a new take than the first Sam Raimi movie because I actually think like on a very fundamental level these movies are like almost exactly the same. Like the the are there are a couple characters switched out for you know di- playing different roles, but it really is fundamentally like the same arc. And I, I can go into it, Jr brought up a couple things like the the scene with the freaking new yorkers and the cranes like i'll get to that in a minute that that was terrible and before (laughs) i go before i go further i I actually did like this movie a lot i'm not going to give it an a but i'll give it a b because i i really had a whole lot of fun watching it but like down to like i'll start with like a really small example of what i'm talking about like at the beginning of the first Spider-Man movie. Tell me if you guys remember this, but there's a scene where a girl is waving to Peter. I think it's Mary Jane. or And Peter thinks she's waving at him, but she's really waving at somebody behind him. You know, you know, guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's Mary Jane. She's yeah. waving at two girls yeah. coming up towards that, him. Yeah. That scene is almost a mirror image of the scene in this movie where that girl's like, hey, what are you doing on Friday? You know, he, he thinks he, she's asking him out because she likes him, but she's really like going to ask him to take a picture of her boyfriend's car, which is ridiculous. Who in any way, 
But like it's the it's the same you know it's the same emotional Get note a cell exactly. Phone camera. You know you know what I'm talking about it's the same emotional note exactly. It, it it serves the same purpose. It's saying the same thing about the character, and the whole movie felt like that to me. Like there was something that was different, but it was doing the same thing, or sometimes it was doing the exact same thing. Like the you know it's freaking Spider Man's origin. Who needs to really see that again? What I really wish they had done is just rebooted it, set it in high school, but assume that everybody knew that he got bitten by a spider and his uncle got shot because everybody freaking knows that he got bitten by a spider and his uncle got shot. There's not, like, I don't care how big of a comic book fan you are, but every single person who has heard of Spider-Man at this point should know his backstory. Um, And I felt like a lot of it was just redundant. You know, you had the scene of him breaking crap because he's not used to his powers and his hands are sticking to things that he doesn't want to just like in Spider-Man 1 where his hand sticks to the paper on the side of the bus and the, the lizard in this movie I think is almost a little bit different but he's almost the same character as the Green Goblin he's the scientist who's working on this formula and somebody up above him is breathing down his neck and saying we need a prototype we need a prototype and you know, he's like, oh, shit, I better just test this on myself. And, you know, he turns into a green villain with voices in his head. And, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 the same, it's the same thing. Think about the ending of Spider-Man 1. There's a funeral, and then Spider-Man and his love interest, they, or Peter and his love interest, they, they see each other, and, like, Peter's like, I love you, but I can't be with you. The, the, the exact same imagery the exact same emotional note ends this movie it even ends with like a similar montage of him swinging around so i I felt like this movie has a different coat of paint a different aesthetic but it really is the same story and you you think they should have just trashed the whole origin story and just took place in high school or college or whatever and just not had to retread so much? You know, I, I absolutely do. I think after Spider-Man 3, I didn't really mind uh, a reboot. Like, I, I was reading what they were going to do. It was going to be the Vulture, and then, like, somebody was going to be the Vulture's daughter or some Like, that that seemed like what the, the rumors yeah. were about. Yeah, and politics. Hathaway was going to be the Vultureette. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, I'd rather have, <laughs> a, I'd rather have a reboot than that. Um, yeah, exactly. We all and, and I'm I'm getting a little tired of Tobey Maguire. Andrew Garfield, I think, blows Tobey Maguire way out of the water. Emma Stone blows Kirsten Dunst like off of this freaking planet. <laughs> and, um, you know, so so I did I did enjoy that, but I wish you know like I mean the the Uncle Ben thing was really half hearted. Like I agree with everybody who's saying that. You know, it, it never really sinks in that, you know, this is his fault and he, he it's this failure that drives him forward. It's just like he really is like looking for revenge. So for the next 20 minutes after Uncle Ben dies, he doesn't he doesn't for George and people who may not have seen the movie. The Uncle Ben's killer is this blonde guy with big sunglasses and he has like a star tattoo on his hand. And so. You know, Peter doesn't know exactly what his face looks like, so he spends like 20 minutes of the movie just tracking down random blonde street criminals and like beating the crap out of them and then pulling up their sleeves to see if they have a tattoo on his hand, like Princess Bride style, 
you know, my my name is Peter Parker. You killed my uncle. Prepare to die. <laughs> you know, like they, 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 it really. I was thinking that the whole time. Um, That's funny. Any funny theater experiences? Uh, uh, let me get to that. Actually, can I say a little bit more oh, okay. about the movie itself? Yeah, no problem. I, I wanted to to say that the, on the, on the topic of like the Raimi movies versus this movie, which is better. I mean, let's face it, like, even though this movie tries to be more down-to-earth, it, it really is freaking campy, and it, it's, I think it's just as campy as the Sam Raimi movies. I mean, it has skateboard montages. It, you know, it has, like, this scene where Spider-Man, you know, the New Yorkers band together and the crane operators help them swing across the street, and, like, this big big dramatic music is playing while the crane operators are, are moving like the cranes into position. So Spider-Man can swing off of them. And you'd, you'd think like this was Moses parting the red sea only with cranes. <laughs> Spider-Man needs well, me. Well, thank God we, you know, we had, we, we got a complete reboot of the origin so we could get to those critical skateboarding montages. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it is campy, and the like. Why is New York full of lizards, like tiny lizards, running on spider webs? Like, I, I I knew New York had like rats and pigeons, but does it really have like swarms of tiny lizards that like are running along the sewers, like to like join their master? And and there's like a mutant lizard rat. It 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 it's, which it's, never gets resolved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That never gets resolved. We never see Uncle Ben's killer again. Like we never see the family of the lizard either. And I mean, yeah, not to well, say but when mysteriously grew a family while the lizards just disappeared. Okay, yeah. Let me let me, let me mention that. that. I, I'm that thankful. Minute. I'm thankful as hell that Billy and the, the, his annoying wife aren't aren't in this because like <laughs> I, I think th- those characters are why I hate the lizard more than I hate the lizard because he comes like <laughs> he comes with this like. Just these these terrible characters as his family. Um, You know what? But, like, I'm not saying that the Raimi movies aren't, like, really campy, too, because I I, I think we're looking at even Spider-Man 2 with some rose-colored glasses because there's, like, the raindrops keep falling on my head, like, walking down the street scene. That that's campy as hell. Like, the the cake girl in the apartment. You know, like, like, come on. <laughs> these are all, these are these are all really campy movies. Which one is better? I don't know. Like, do you want to see Spider-Man swing dancing, or do you want to see him riding a skateboard? Like, pick your poison. <laughs> skateboard. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather see him swingboarding. Swingboarding. Yeah. I would rather uh, see him swing dancing on a skateboard. That's the montage I want to see. Well, well, maybe in uh, Bertoni's version, that's what exactly what happened. Like Bertoni's version, he kills Betty. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but I, I did like the movie. I thought, you know, I thought the fight scenes, I thought the lizard was was fine. You know, I really liked the the, the cast a, a lot better than the old one. This movie doesn't have a Willem Dafoe level performance in it. That's just classic like that. But all like just the the, the consistent line of characters are are at a higher level. Um, you know, funny. I'll, I'll get on to the funny experience in the theaters. Not, nothing really particular to this movie, though. Like, it was, actually wasn't as crowded as I expected. And there, there was a guy sitting near me who I, I don't want to like disparage the mentally ill, but something was going wrong with him, and he was like shaking and like making commentary on the movie. Like, you know, the scene where uh, 
Kurt Connors is first turning into the lizard and he has this like sort of club hand with like this scales around his fist that he has to peel off. Yeah. Um, like when, when, when you see that shot where he first wakes up and he sees his hand like that, this guy is like, Oh yeah. Like, there's <laughs> <laughs> not the appropriate response to that. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like all throughout the movie, like, like shaking with excitement. Uh, wow! You know when 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 Spider Man's saving the kid from the car, like, and I th- I'm sitting there thinking like this is one of the most cheesy scenes I've ever seen just because of how overwrought it is. Like, you just you like that little Jimmy or w- whatever. Like, like these two people in this theater got like went from like the middle of the theater this couple and they like sat right in the front row because they, they were just so into it. Like they were on the edge of their seats with this thing. Um, did you, did you not like the little kid with the mask scene? I don't think he did. Oh yeah, yeah. He put uh, no. That was <laughs> stupid. It was cheesy. I loved it. I, 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 that was. You know how they say anybody can be behind the mask. I thought that was an homage to that. I, I liked it, but I had I my reaction. That, like what yeah, again? I liked it. You know, I thought it was a great scene. Okay. I did too. I, I think I am in the minority of this movie because I'm not like in love with it exactly. Um, I'm not in love with it. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen it, so of course you're not in love with it. The uh oh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, there was always like there was always something cheesy or stupid like keeping me laughing through the movie. Like when like Spider Man, like or Peter Parker as Peter Parker in the high school gym like slam dunks the basketball and it shatters the backboard, or when he throws the football and it bends the hell out of the goalpost. You know, like uh, things like that. And just throughout the movie, I thought it was always cheesy, always over the top. I don't really see this as, like, the realistic, gritty Spider-Man movie, like a lot of people are pegging it as. Um, but I, I had a hell of a lot of fun watching it, you know? So I, I give it a B for sheer enjoyment. I really don't think it's a movie on the level of the Avengers or any of the Nolan Batman movies or the superhero movies that I really, really like. But I, I felt like I got my money's worth at the theater. Awesome. Zach, your turn. Oh, Pro-con. Finally. And... I've been doing my best to keep my mouth shut this whole time. So, all right. What, did you just hit mute and sit there and freak out silently? Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, so I want to say this off the top. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I had very low expectations. Um, to be- I mean, to the beginning, it's been pretty well documented on this show that I've, you know, my expectations have marginally increased as as time's gone on, and finally now that I've seen the movie, I can say with absolute certainty that there was a lot of things I was wrong on. Um, the trailers were the biggest pack of lies that you could ever have have done for this movie. It like like Kevin said, it was it was a, a absolute terrible looking movie just by the trailers alone. The third trailer was a lot better in uh, telling you what was actually going to be in the movie. Um, I was a little worried going in because I had heard uh, some rumors that they were going to make the some major changes to the origin, such as uh, Peter's father genetically altered Peter to be susceptible to spider DNA, and that the spider actually triggers the the spider bite triggers you know his his metamorphosis. Um, and I kind of hint that at the game that he is he is absolutely unique in regard. Um, but I, I, pros, loved Quinn Stacy, uh, Emma Stone as Quinn Stacy, loved Andrew oh, Garfield as, uh, as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I thought, um, Toby would define Peter Parker, especially in the first movie, but he really wasn't that big of a, 
he could not deliver the line, the, the quippage, that what little there was in the first movie. Uh, he couldn't deliver those lines well. Like when 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 it, in the scene, for example, in the, in the Raimi film, uh, where he's fighting the Green Goblin for the first time, and and the Goblin's attacking the bo- members of the board. Uh, he's like, let her go, Gobby. You know, he, he doesn't say it with as absolute conviction and, and snarkiness. It, it comes across as a little weak. Well, Toby Maguire so, has a really like girly voice, though. To be fair, that's true. Um, but but if you're an actor, you know, Kevin Cushing can can attest to this. If you're an actor, and you you you're having to deliver a line with forcefulness, would you alter your voice enough to where it sounds a little more convincing than that? You right, try Kevin. to make it sincere. That's all I can yeah. say, and I, I don't think it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, you could, I mean, if you saw the footage at Comic Con last year with with Andrew Garfield, he has a love for this character that I don't think that Tobey Maguire had. I think this was just a job that Tobey Tobey Maguire got, and he was happy to fall into it. And he was kind of in that all all shucks mode, and then Spider Man Two rolls around, and he's kind of <clears throat> less in the all shucks mode. And now he's becoming more Tobey Maguire. And by the third film, I think he was – it's so evident that he was, quote-unquote, phoning it in and cashing the paycheck that uh, uh, we didn't seen him do much sense, really. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I, I loved Andrew Garfield. Um, I was – and I've said this before. I, I say this during the live caller part of the show. I was really concerned that Dennis Leary was going to be playing was, – was going to be Dennis Leary as Captain Stacy. I thought it was believable enough his portrayal that I wasn't taken out of the film by Dennis Leary's performance. I thought it was, you know, as accurate as it could be. He was kind of an, a Jameson uh, hybrid. Now there, there's been mentioning of the ultimate influences. There's really only two that I could really just pick out just instantly. One was the speech that Uncle Ben gives. Two um, was the way Uncle Ben dies. Now, let me be clear with this. This was by far and away the weakest part of the movie. The, we, you said that there wasn't emotional resonance. I I got a little emotional about it because of because of uh, just when I was watching it. I, I I did it did draw me in enough to where I was emotionally invested. But when I thought about it later, it's it's like oh hey we killed Uncle Ben now we're, now we can move on. It, there wasn't the level of depth that there needed to be with that scene. It was like oh great Uncle Ben's dead. You know, it it was kind of ho hum, and I don't think it was the intention of the filmmakers to do that. And they may reference it in the, in the next films, but really, it it, it could have been, it should have been more. Um, the lizard. I know we've mentioned Billy and and Martha Connors, but with them not being in the film, it robs the humanity of the lizard a little bit. He was very one note, very somewhat of a caricature of the lizard to me, at least. And I thought he was by far and away the weakest part of this film. I felt that they could have done more with the lizard, and it just wasn't there for me. Um, I thought it was fine. I, I love that we did get the little lab coat reference. Uh, which yeah, we I, did get lab coat yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we were all wrong on that shit. We, we were all wrong. <laughs> and, and <laughs> every last one. Of there's, them. I mean, look, look, we we all were kind of apathetic to this film. I mean, Don wasn't particularly excited about it, but Tony was kind of even I wasn't I that excited. excited. About it. Uh, but Brett, I was well, hysterically I mean, anticipatory of this film. <laughs> I mean, I don't, think, I don't think I was thinking about anything about the trailer or whatever. I guess I was keeping an open mind. Yeah, you were you were keeping a little bit more of an open mind. But like Brad, myself, and the, the, most of the panel was 
really not particularly enthused about this film because we really were all kind of thinking the same thing. Why are they making this film? And even going, you know, coming in and out of the movie, I had people, you know, because there was a couple of people that were at the Avengers film that were behind me in, in the Spider-Man film. And they were like, oh, look, it's the comic book guy. Cause I apparently had talked their ear yeah. off, which, which I'm prone to do. And, uh, as evidence on this podcast. So, yep. Pretty much everybody, you know, anybody <laughs> that knows anything about me in comics has been asking me, why are they making this film? And did it need to be made? No. Did I enjoy the hell out of the ride? Yes. Now, now I saw an IMAX 3D, which uh, I had never been to an IMAX theater. I had never been uh, – well, I had been to an IMAX – excuse me. I had been to an IMAX theater when I was six, but it was so forgettable. I don't even remember what I watched. But I would never watched anything in IMAX 3D. Uh, at first, um, here's my funny story. So I had like a group of friends that were supposed to go with me on Tuesday. The Tuesday came out, and it ended up like dwindling down, dwindling down. People couldn't make it. People couldn't show up. And I get stuck with the woman that's like six months pregnant, but she looks like she's nine months pregnant. She's 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 huge. She's she's got her swelling feet, so she's having to you know pop her feet up on the on the seat in front of me. I, I get to hear her bitch and moan about it, pretty much everything about showing up to the theater. And her whining and moaning because she's, you know, pregnant. And and my my buddy who's married to her can't seem to cut the cord, you know, at all. I mean, I, I understand, you know, from JR's, you know, infinite pearls of wisdom with marriage that it, it, it does, you know, <laughs> your wife does put up with a lot. But this is uh, like he's not done anything without his wife in over a year. So it's, it's kind of kind of pathetic in a certain aspect of it. But anyway. She's pre- pregnant. He did something. Yeah. Assumedly, but so that was pretty much like my big concern. And then she was like, "There's going to be a baby in the film, like in the theater." And sure enough, there was a child. But um, I love the 3D effects to me because I think it was so much better because it was shot in 3D. The rendering was well. I mean, the web at the very end shoots at you. You've got. Um, like when the when the when the the antidote is released in the atmosphere, it looked like snowflakes and it was all popping out, and that was kind of cool. Um, the rendering was was pretty good. I, I liked the 3D aspect. Jr., did you notice anything about the 3D that you liked in particular? Well, I liked the uh, like when they were at Oscorp and they were you were seeing the holograms. Uh, yes. I thought that was a pretty good use of 3D, and and like I said, when he uh, when he came up with that uh, kind of that web cot that he laid on while he was waiting for the lizard in the sewer, and and the fact that it had depth, you know, I I mean I liked I mean I I, I mean I liked the 3D. I do wish they had done more with it though. It seemed like there was more they could have done with it. So it was a it was one of those where I say yeah I liked it, but man you know it, it could have been better. Yeah, and the cranes, I mean, the crane was kind of cool, but they could have done a little bit more with the depth of, of the crane, too. Um, I, I, the crane scene, I mean, let's talk about the cons. The crane scene was okay, it wasn't great, but I was getting, oh my god, this is the exact same thing I've seen before. Um, the crane scene was the, awful. <laughs> Sorry. <yeah. laughs> Real talk, it wasn't that great. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you, when you think about that scene, I... Like, first of all, it, it's absurd to think – I mean, I know we're watching a movie about a guy crawling walls and, and spinning webs. But it's absurd to think that there's that many cranes at the same time in New York City. Willing I, to do I that get, for one guy. Yeah, willing to do that for one guy. Even when you face block to block, 
you know, position themselves through like an evacuation of Manhattan. They managed to get themselves and they managed to synchronize their operation exactly right so that they would all line up. The logistics of this is like freaking mind boggling. Let me move yeah. the top of the what, room. When you they guys are, are talking about the. When you guys are talking about the crane scene, I just thought of another funny theater experience. There's like a, a kid in front of me, and, and as Spider-Man, he, he's injured, he's, he uh, twips for the first crane, and he misses, and he's falling. And then there's a, a, a beat or two where you're like, did he just fall? And this kid in front of me yells, splat! That's <laughs> <laughs> in mind, though, because like, like, the same scene had one where the kid said something. Yeah, so, like, kid said like, splat. Like, yeah. like last night, I, like, uh, that was, I just thought of that till just now with the crane scene. When, the, um, but, when, he, when, when he runs out and like um, he jumps and he misses the web and he falls, there's a beat. I think someone like in the theater like, like kind of started giggling. And then there was like a five-year-old, like after that beat of silence, a five-year-old says, he goes, how's that funny? And like the entire, how's that funny? <laughs> roared, and I, I could not stop laughing at that. <laughs> Dude, it's all over when you got called out by a five-year-old. Like, a little five-year-old, like, how's that funny? <laughs> okay. Back with uh, the uh, uh, time. Uh, yeah, in the interest of time, because, you know, the, the, the singing moved on, right? Um, in the interest the of time, office. but you're great. Yeah, okay. My interest, and I'm getting my great what's your great? It's a B plus. George, George put me in that. Plus. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, my my grade real quick an A pro is the casting. I thought Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone were outstanding. Con responsibility was not uh, emphasized enough, and I share it. I'll share it one more time. A woman. It's I went to a midnight show. This woman had a uh, mixture of perfume of cigarettes and perfume, and within an hour. She was snoring, so that is my my funny theater experience. And we'll wrap the show up right about there. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on the Avenging Spider-Man trade paperback, and this one's called My Friends Can Beat Up Your Friends. And this one reprints Avenging Spider-Man number 1 to 5, and it has him teaming up with the Red Hulk, Captain America, and Hawkeye. The cover price is 20 bucks. Mail order has it for just $12.39, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com.